0: Hey guys, and welcome to the Dog Speak podcast. I'm Nikki Ivey, your host. I am thrilled that you are joining me to talk puppies, dog training, real life manners, and more. Be sure to check out our Facebook page, as well as our website at dogspeak101.com. Hey guys, welcome to Dog Speak. So glad to have you with me here today. We are going to discuss commands, giving commands, teaching commands, using commands, following through with commands, all those wonderful things that you need to know to help your dog be good when it comes to the real world. Not just following a command in the home, not just following a command in the kitchen sitting next to the cookie jar but actually listening and responding to behavior or responding to commands on a regular basis. So let's start out with just talking about the basics. So the basic commands that most people really like to focus on are sit, stay, down, calm, and heal. Well, If we look at those commands and we look at the behaviors that we want with those commands, we really don't have to teach many of them. And you're thinking, what are you talking about? Well, let's look at sit. Sit is actually a behavior that a dog does already. Sit is a self-rewarding behavior, which means that when the dog sits, he finds it comfortable and relaxing. Therefore, he does it on a regular basis. And he's actually been doing it since he was about three to four weeks old. So we actually don't teach dogs to sit. They already do it. Down is the same way. Your dog lays down all the time. Dog has been laying down since it was born. We don't teach a dog to down. They physically already know the behavior and it's already a self-rewarding behavior. So with those behaviors, we could simply capture them, reward them on a regular basis, and then put a little magical word with it and a lot of times people try to put commands with their behavior before they get their behavior perfected. So I'm really big on capturing behavior and then putting a name to it but there are also times that I can capture the behavior and name it at the same time. Let's take come as a good example. Your dog comes to you a lot especially as a puppy your dog is going to come to you on a regular basis. Come isn't just a behavior that happens when we want them to, but come happens all the time. So when your dog is coming to you, you can simply reward that behavior and tell them, Good come. Good come. Good job. Good come. And all they're doing is hearing this word with this excitement and with that reward and with that particular behavior. So you see that the majority of the things that we teach dogs already know how to do we just have to put our commands to it. So once you capture a behavior and you can get it on a regular basis it's fairly easy to teach the command with it. Now following through with the command is a whole another ball game and we're going to talk about following through and the appropriate con- consequences and, and how to get those behaviors that you want in the real world. So let's just take a little example of How I find most of my clients do something like sit. So, most of the time clients get pups and they immediately will get a treat and they'll ask the dog to sit, they'll hold the treat over their head after the dog's done jumping several times, it'll typically sit and the dog gets the reward. So, next time they do it again, sit, follow the same process, get the reward. Well, They do this typically in the kitchen by the cookie jar or with a treat in hand. So it gets to the point that when they go by that jar or they hold a treat, the dog automatically sits. And so then they take the dog out somewhere, ask the dog to sit just simply in the yard and the dog doesn't sit. And they think the dog's just being stubborn because the dog obviously knows how to sit because he does it in the kitchen all the time. The thing is is that The dog does know how to sit. We've already established that physically a dog knows how to sit. But the dog doesn't know the word sit if the only place you're doing it is in the kitchen and he's doing it before you even have to give the command. I call that situational training. He understands sit situationally. He knows that sitting in the kitchen on that floor by that cookie jar usually always elicits a treat from its owner. But that doesn't mean that he understands the word sit. So you have to really be patient with your dog and to make sure they really do understand the word sit and not just situationally. So it's going to, you know, it takes a little time to mark that behavior and and teach that word with it. So you must be patient. But if you can start to capture your dog doing it, so for example, if I see my dog about to sit, I'll just say sit while he's doing it. Oh, good sit. Sit. And so I'm starting to associate that word with the behavior they were already going to do. Just like with the come. And when you do this, it allows you to teach the behavior and reward the behavior at the same time. Or teach the word and reward the behavior at the same time. And it allows you to do it without bribing the dog or luring the dog holding a treat. Because a lot of dogs will only notice it if you have a treat in hand. I've literally watched owners ask a dog to sit and I've watched the dog look at both hands before choosing to do it. Why? Because in their mind not everything is is put in play in order for the rule to apply. So if a if an owner holds a treat above the dog's head says sit and stands right in front of them while they're doing it maybe even slightly bent over towards the puppy then all of those things come into play for the command of sit. The treat in hand held up high owner standing in front and bent over. So what's going to happen if you're standing behind your dog with no treat in hand, standing straight up asking your dog to sit? Would the dog sit? Probably not. Not until the dog understands the word sit. Not body position on your part, not hand signals by your part. We're going to get into those hand signals um, in a little bit as well, but your dog needs to learn the word. Not a bunch of extra things you don't need to do hand signals with a sit because then I can't get the sit from behind so you want to make sure that you just capture the behavior you can say it as the dog is doing it I get a lot of clients that will say oh I need my dog doesn't know how to lay down no your dog definitely knows how to lay down what you're telling me is your dog doesn't know the word down so they say well I've tried everything I can't get them to lay down. Well if you just wait they'll do it and when they do it capture it. Good down. Good boy. Good girl. Good job. Good down. So there you go. You've captured the down. The dog will start learning that hey my owner not just likes it when my butt hits the floor but they like it when my belly hits the floor. All right I'm going to start doing that as well. Any behavior you capture and reward on a regular basis will be repeated. And when it's repeated on a regular basis, it allows you to teach and have better timing on teaching that command. So when we name behaviors, once you get it consistently, just start um, watching for your dog to do it and ask for it when your dog is doing it. Now obviously there are some behaviors that we teach that um, I will start putting the command with to immediately, like stay. And the reason I do it with stay is because every behavior that we teach is action-based. Sit is put your butt on the floor, stand, stand up from a sit or down position, down, belly on floor, come, walk towards me, and come to me. Those are all action-based. But stay is actually not action-based at all. It's, it's the complete opposite. It's do nothing. It's stay in that spot and do nothing. And so I like to put the word with it to start with, just to let them know that doing nothing is exactly what I want. And so in that, in that situation, I will teach stay, the command, and the behavior at the same time. Alright, so when we teach behavior, and when we teach commands, not every behavior needs to have a command. Right, so we teach our dogs not to bolt out the door unless permission is given. We do not use a command to not bolt out the door. We only use a command to give permission for the dog to go out. Looking out the window and being quiet, we don't teach that as a command. We just teach that that is a behavior that we prefer, and we reward that highly. So not everything we reward gets a command, but we do teach a lot of commands for the real world, especially leash walking and walking commands. We definitely want to have those. That's where people really fall apart. They don't typically teach verbal cues when they're walking their dog because they just depend on the leash. And we'll get into some leash walking stuff at another podcast because it really can be a, a, a podcast on its own because people struggle with it so much. But with behaviors that we do want to name, once we can start associating the the name with that behavior and we do it enough then you'll want to test it and I always like to test it um, an hour or so or at least half a day from the last time I was associating the word and remember the association of the word is when I see my dog doing it I'm saying the word sit good sit down good down so to test it out of the blue I would walk over to my dog. If they were not looking at me, I would give them their name first. And that basically means pay attention between the ears because I'm about to give you more information. Say the dog's name, and then I say the command. Bandit, sit. And then I count to five, quietly to myself. I do nothing else for that five seconds. I allow the dog to process his brain, get through all those little things that are in there, To see if he can respond if he doesn't do it within that five seconds i may ask again i have no problem asking again bandit sit if he does not do it in the five seconds between that time then i know that the dog doesn't know it well enough and i need to go back associating the command if the dog does it within that five seconds great we're on the right path you've got to make sure when you're giving the commands do not repeat for at least three to five seconds every time you repeat the command you're restarting the dog's brain So if you're sitting there going sit, 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 sit." Well, when the dog finally sits, he's probably sitting just because that's his default behavior because that tends to be the one thing that everybody loves and rewards the dog for. doesn't mean he actually knows sit. Okay, so sit and count to five. Give the dog a chance to respond to what it is that you're asking for. Once the dog starts to understand and is doing it closer to that one to two second then you're almost there. At this point it's time to start asking the dog to do it in many different environments and making sure that you are giving three to five seconds to respond and right now you're still going to be rewarding the behavior on a regular basis which means a treat, toy, not just a verbal and a pet. Once the dog is consistently 80 to 90 percent responding within three seconds of that sit. Then you're going to start holding off the reward for sit as an offered behavior, meaning doing it without the command and only rewarding with food when they respond to the command that you are asking. And then once the dog is consistently doing that, then you pretty much have the command and you just need to start using it on a regular basis in different places. And you need to really randomly ask your dog to do it. The command shouldn't be just given when you're in a training session or trying to, you know, give the dog his food or a treat. It needs to be random so that the dog understands that no matter who asks or when it's asked, the behavior, the expected behavior is the same. If we are only asking in certain situations, then what we're doing is situational training, and the dog is not going to respond when you really need it. And I'm talking, you know, we want these dogs to respond in The dog park respond to commands when there's a ton of things going on that's the real world not just sit in your kitchen for a cookie the real world is sitting in the middle of the dog park when you ask your dog to do so so it's important that you teach it the right way and then once you get the command there now the consequences are to be put in place and this is a fairly normal thing for puppies to go through So let's say that I take my pup out and we're just in the backyard and I ask my pup to sit because I know that she knows it and I give her three to five seconds. She doesn't do it. I'll ask her again. She still doesn't do it. Well, at this point, I know that she is tuned out and has other things going on. So my consequence at that point is I'll bring her back inside and put her in her crate for 30 seconds and then after 30 seconds, we go back out into the yard we go back to the spot where I originally asked for the behavior and I ask for it again. And we repeat this process until I get the sit verbally, which means no touching her, no pushing butt on the floor, no luring, no changing my behavior by making her look at me or make kissing noises or, you know, tap her butt, change my fingers to where I'm pointing at things to get her to sit. Sit needs to happen verbally when I ask you to do it, no matter what I'm doing. Whether I'm laying down, sitting in a chair, standing up, standing beside you, standing behind you, standing in front of you, holding a a load full of groceries, or I'm free-handed. It doesn't matter. The dog needs to sit because they heard the word sit. Okay, so if I take the dog back out, ask the dog to sit. Three to five seconds, dog doesn't do it. Ask a sit again. Three to five seconds, dog doesn't do it. We go back to the crate for 30 seconds. Now, if you're out and about doing this somewhere, then your timeout zone would be your car. Say I take my dog to the dog park, we get out of the car, I'm walking the dog a little bit, ask for a sit. Dog doesn't sit, ask again. Dog doesn't sit, goes back into the car. Because why? Well, simply, if my dog is not sitting right outside the car, then do I really think the dog is going to respond to me in the dog park with 20 dogs playing? Probably not. So I have to establish that when I ask you to do something, I need you to do it. I'm not going to change my behavior I'm not going to get mad I'm not going to start screaming and yelling I'm not going to get physical I'm just simply going to say this is this is what we're doing 30 seconds you get out of the car we go right to that same spot we ask for a sit dog doesn't do it I'll ask again dog doesn't do it repeat the process and depending on how many timeouts the dog gets I may end up doing a couple of sits before I even get into the dog park Just to get the dog to understand that you have to pay attention and listen to me when we're out in public. And again, your dog can be the most perfect little angel to start with as a puppy and then she will go through the phases of, nah, I don't want to listen anymore. I have other things I want to do. Because she's trying to find her own way. So I know that inconsistency is going to be there. My job as the leader is to not be inconsistent myself. Not to change what I do or my expectations just because the dog is not being consistent. Because if I do that, then I'm basically communicating to her that she's right. You know, this is a different environment. You don't have to listen to me. So you have to be very careful not to change yourself. We're really, really big when we're teaching to make sure the owners are staying the same. Not freaking out because your dog's not responding immediately. Your dog's not a robot. How many times have you been sitting down watching TV and somebody's said something to you and you totally didn't hear them because you were watching TV because something else was in your head? Well, dogs get the same way. We have to make sure that we're patient and they understand that they can have the same expectations for us no matter where we are. So now this command can be for anything. If I ask my dog to come and I know my dog knows come then if my dog doesn't come I'll ask again and if my dog doesn't come then I get to go get them and they get a 30 second time out usually next to me on a leash instead of put up somewhere just because the consequence is very simple. If you're on leash or if you're off leash consequence would be to be put on leash. 30 seconds and then we repeat the process. I'll let you go and then I'm going to call you back and we'll repeat that until you come to me. Once you come to me great go play. So it's about teaching them that that it always stays the same you stay the same your expectations stay the same because follow through is crucial when you don't follow through with commands that you're teaching then the dog is not going to be the dog that you want when you get out in public and what is what good is it to have a dog who just listens and minds at home and even then they'll mind at home only if it's just family and there's nothing else distracting right so you know if you can get your dog to start minding Think of the things that you can do with your dog. You know, we can go out in our front yard and do things in the front yard and know that our dog is going to be okay and the dog is going to listen. Now, we have a puppy that, you know, she was really good the first few weeks, but now she's being puppy and she's finding new things. So now when we're in the front yard, she's usually on a leash to help her be successful so that she can learn as an adult, I want her off leash in the front yard and hanging out. Right, so, but it got to start out teaching her what I want, limiting options, helping her to be successful, and rewarding for those behaviors that I want. And every time she comes to me, she gets acknowledged because I want her to know that coming to me is one of the best things in the world, that I hold all the, the yummy things in the world and I hold all the treats and I hold all the toys and play and good, good things You know but I also know that she's going to find herself and that she's going to find her own personality and she's going to explore and be interested. I just have to safely allow her to do that and if I can safely allow her to explore and do that I'm building her confidence up and also teaching her that exploring is you know something that we allow you to do. It's not something special that the only way you can do it is run from me. So there are a lot of things that you can do is in in the simple part of just teaching commands. Teaching those commands You know, associating the word with the behavior, whether you've started just capturing the behavior or not, giving the command without changing the way that you're asking for it. In other words, not changing your tone, not drawing the word out, not going from sit, sit, or stay, stay, because that's not confident. And we, you know, you know, you do it. right so you want to make sure good girl see my pup came right over here and she heard me giving some commands she's wondering who that's for but it's making sure you don't change how you ask for it. you ask for everything with the attitude you just expect it to work if I ask my dog to sit I'm just going to say sit good girl and she just did three to five seconds good sit good girl that's a good job good girl right and then you know if she doesn't I ask the same way I don't You know, I'm not going to stand beside her ask her to sit and when she doesn't go move myself in front because there we go we're being inconsistent. Her behavior should not be dependent upon where my body position is. It should only be dependent upon what I verbally ask her to do. So next time you ask your dog to sit don't go standing in front of them. Don't go leaning over top of them. Don't use extra body movements. All right so let's go let's go into hand signals. So with hand signals people get really impressed because dogs read hand signals. All right really you should be impressed that your dog learns English because hand signals it's nothing but a body language and dogs are born to read body language. So they're going to pick up on body language a lot faster than verbal commands. So I don't use uh, hand signals for anything other than my stay command. I will throw in a hand signal just because I have found that it's been useful in the real world. Um to have a hand signal without a verbal but I will put the verbal in there as my main command and so the reason I don't do it is because I don't want the dog to have to look at me in order to respond to my behavior. If a dog has to look at me every time so I can give him a sit with a hand signal I am wasting seconds. I'm wasting time especially with a com. If I'm using a calm as a With a hand signal, and I need my dog to come from running towards the road. By the time I stop the dog from running towards the road to look at me to get the come, the dog's already gonna be at the road. I always want my dog to respond within three to five seconds of a command with just the verbal without having to see me, without wondering what I'm doing. Am I giving the hand signal? Do I have a treat in hand? Where's your treat bag? Well, you're not standing in the right position, you're not right in front of me, so I don't really know what you want. Nope, I want my dog to do it immediately with the verbal, which means that I do the least amount behaviorally as I have to. And that makes a huge difference in getting a dog to learn to respond to the verbals no matter what. And when you do that, your confidence can build yourself so that you know that all you have to do is just say the command and your dog is going to do it. And it makes a huge difference. In the beginning, your dog's going to have quite a bit of probably some consequences in timeout. Remember the crate is just fine for timeout because it's not about location it's about isolation which is why you can use your car. I can use a leash attached to the dog standing outside the dog park and then the reward would be to go back into the dog park. Um, of course you're going to need to get the behavior that you're asking for before you give them the reward. So there are ways that you can do that. Just make sure that you are never pushing the dog's butt on the floor, pulling his legs out from underneath him, telling him no harshly, grabbing him by the face, um, using, getting a treat out to lure him into doing it or bribing him to do it. All right, let a dog figure it out. Every time a dog does it on his own and it gets rewarded, it's going to be a more powerful behavior and it's going to be a stronger behavior. And the more you reward it, it's going to be stronger so that it doesn't fall apart in the environments that are crazy, So you just have to start doing it right so that your dog will learn to do it in the real world whereas that's where we want to have it and remember as as that leader the most important thing for you is to be confident when you're asking for it. Give the dog a chance. Don't change your behaviors because maybe people are looking at you or your dog isn't being as good as you know it can be. Ask for it again. Dog doesn't do it. Just put your consequence in and then don't forget to follow through. After the consequence, you have to take the dog back and get the behavior you're asking for. If you don't, you're not following through. The consequence, the timeout, is part of the teaching process. So don't forget to go back and make sure that you are getting the behavior that you're asking without physically having to, to make the dog do it or change your behavior to do it. All right. So I hope that helps you a little bit with teaching commands, giving commands, and following through with your commands. You know, get those verbals. You know, get away from your hand signals. It's really not as impressive as people, you know, used to think it was. It's your dog learning English is impressive. Right? Your dog understanding the words that come out of your mouth, that's impressive. Hand signals, not so much since they are born to read body language and they read body language on a regular basis. And if you've not listened to the podcast on dog communication, you need to listen to that because we talk about body language and how dogs communicate using body language. I mean, if you want to do hand signals, certainly, you know, go for it. But you have to have that verbal. If you really want to have your dogs um, well-mannered and response is quick, Whenever the dog is in public or in places that might be a little more distracting, you definitely want to have those verbals. And speaking of the verbals, one thing I don't think I mentioned, you shouldn't have to have a certain tone when giving a command. You shouldn't have to go sit. Right? I need to be able to whisper to my dog, could you please sit? And my dog do it. Right? Because when I'm in public, I don't want to be standing around in public asking my dog to sit. I mean, that's only making me look like a bully. The dog should not respond to you because of a tone. The dog should respond to you because he actually understands the word that you have put into play. Sit. Could you sit, please? Right, so that's what you're going for. So, no, you do not have to give a good firm tone to tell your dog to do something. Just talk to the dog. And feel free to use full sentences if you want. Just make sure that that keyword is in there. And that keyword is the Q word. And make sure that you know what you want when you ask for a behavior. If I ask for sit, what does that look like? Butt on floor. What does down look like? Belly on floor. What does come look like? Well, the dog coming to me, getting close enough where I can touch him with my hand and then not leave me until I release. All right, so come isn't just come into this room. Come isn't just come near me. Come is come all the way to me, let me touch you, and I want you to not leave until I give you permission. What does stay look like? For me, stay is. Don't leave that spot. I don't care if you're standing, laying down, rolling over. I don't care. Just stay in that spot. And then we don't teach a heel. We teach just a relaxed walk with our let's go command. And we need to know what that looks like. Well, it just basically means don't pull me, don't trip me, and keep up. Those are my rules for walking. It's real simple. We don't make things complicated. We don't need to do military style heel. Nobody really needs their dog walking right next to them unless you're in competition. That's not enjoyable for anyone especially when it's hot outside and you're trying to get a nice walk in before it hits 100 degrees. You don't want a hot sweaty dog right next to you and they don't want to be right next to you either. right so a more relaxed walk is really what's needed but I digress because we're going to be getting into that into another podcast at some point. Unfortunately a lot of these things we talk about is more visual but maybe I can at least you thinking about it with these podcasts and then you can go check out our blogs, our videos online at our website, dogspeak101.com and we also have a YouTube channel. So it's you know it's a way of, of at least getting you the information so you can start thinking about it and doing some things differently because I want you to have the best dog that you can have, but I also want to make sure that you're not being unfair to the dog to where you're saying a command and your expectation is different every time. And that you're not following through with what you want with your expectation. That's not fair to your dog. So I I really recommend you sit down as a family. Write down the commands that you have or the commands that you want. And beside those commands, I want you to write out what that behavior looks like. What does sit look like? I know it's simple. Butt on floor. Down. Belly on floor. But really make it clear of what you're asking so that it's not confusing to anyone. The dog understands, and then the family understands, and that allows your follow-through. Don't make it more difficult than you need to, but make sure you're always fair to your dog and give them the benefit of the doubt. If they're not responding to a command, sometimes it's not because they're just trying to be stubborn. Sometimes they just don't know what you're asking because you're asking it differently, or you've not actually taught the behavior. So before you get mad at your dog for being stubborn and punishing your dog, look at yourself and and look at what you're asking and ask yourself, have I really made it clear on what I want my dog to do and have I taught this appropriately and have I taught this that this behavior is expected anywhere and everywhere, not just situationally. All right, so that's what you need to look at um, before you go punishing your dog and getting mad at your dog. All right, well that just concludes that. I wanted to throw that out there and get you guys on the right track with giving commands um, and teaching behavior and I want to I'm not really sure what I'm going to get into next week I do have a whole list of things that I want to cover I'm kind of bouncing around because sometimes things are popping up during clients during the week that I think oh man I really want to cover that um, or sometimes just just new things pop up so you know I'm not sure what we're going to cover next week so I guess you just have to tune in and find out and if you've not listened to the podcast Uh, prior to this go back and check them out Uh, and there's you know there's something on there for everyone and if you have listened to them listen to them again because I want you to be a dog speak geek and spread this knowledge around so that we can reach more people and make more dogs happy